the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC 293 Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night It's a dark night Dark night It's a dark night Hey yo, what's up everybody? Dan Tom here, host of the Protect Your Neck Podcast Analyst whose work you've probably seen on MMAJunkie.com or the Action Network But on this year's program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast we break down high-level MMA, whether you're listening to this today tonight. Hopefully, it's before the fight. Recording this late on a Thursday night for, I guess, what I thought would be an earlier Australia show, but I guess it's going on in the normal time zones. I thought it would maybe be kicking off at 3.30 Pacific time uh, here, but I guess that's the actual card, not the main card. The main card is closer to real time. That's what I've been reading. Uh, you know, uh, I know, Dan, you're the media member here. Why are you asking us? It's your show. You cover this shit. Uh, but yeah, that's what we're covering here is UFC 293, of course, in Australia. Israel Adesanya versus Sean uh, Tarzan Strickland. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, you know, not, not not the best pay-per-view or whatnot, although uh, wishing definitely my Australians, uh, you know, in the house, uh, or that will be in the house there. I know my guy Mark Fellows is out there uh, getting some photographs with uh, some of the uh, top-level fighters that UFC did fly out there. Not, not necessarily to be on the card. Uh, but it looks like uh, you know everyone's having a good time out there. I'm hoping maybe I might maybe even go to Australia or New Zealand uh, by the end of the year. Um, I'm realizing that um, I may or may not be able to get some uh, cheap airfare out of that part of the world. And uh, Dan Tom definitely needs a vacation. So you know any New Zealand or Australian people holler at me though. To be honest, I'm, I'm actually gonna what's first on the list is to see if uh, Thailand is a part of the deal. Maybe I'll reach out to. Uh, you know, bang Tao Muay Thai or something like that and see if uh, they'll they'll have me or if somewhere will have me. That would be awesome. So anybody with connections, anybody with residences, recommendations or the such on any of those places, feel free to hit me up because planning is in progress. But that's not why we're here. We're here to break down cards. And I'm going to do an ultra-quick uh, recap of the past two weeks that I missed you guys. Um, or the past two weeks of results, we recap. We I, give, I think I gave you guys a breakdown for UFC Singapore. Singapore. Uh, did not uh, recap results. We'll recap results of that quickly, as long as well with uh, UFC Paris quickly. Again, apologies. Going to save all the excuses and all the BS. Nobody cares about that. Uh, we don't really got the time, nor do I care to get into it. Just been being <clears throat> attacked at all angles and got you know uh, sick on top of it. So you just you know, uh, yeah, just just literally every every little phase and, and level my body's been being attacked on. But uh, I'm not complaining because I'm here, so it's not that bad, right? But life is life, and uh, was was a little bit too busy to, to throw you guys a podcast. Almost was too busy to call it off this week, to be honest, for multiple reasons. Um, but uh, we adjust, we're flexible, uh, and uh, not to be a bootstrappy or anything like that. But you know, when you do push yourself and and uh, embrace uh, life's uh, climate, whatever, whatever weather it's throwing at you, you'd be surprised what you can endure. I will say that. Um, you know, just to just throw some positivity out there. I don't mean it bootstrappy, you know. 
but yeah, so we are we are we are doing our thing. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for hitting the like button. Seeing the uh, enforcers in the house, my man Jimmy Kudo. What is up, Jimmy? How you doing, sir? Uh, appreciate you. How have you been, Jimmy? I hope you've been well. Uh, Mark Fellows is in the house. Look at that fair warning, DT. I may attend the Jake Matthews appearance this evening. Jake Matthews. Oh, Jake Matthews is there. I was like, oh man, I'm not gonna get any chance to say Jake Matthews. Jake. Jake Matthews. I'm going to have to lean on the Toss and Pedro. Uh, you know, we'll be, we're getting all the uh, Australian classics here. Wait a little. Do we get, do we get Jamie Malaki coming out here too? Uh, maybe. Jamie Malaki, right? Toss and Pedro. You know, Pedro. I like Pedro. It's like pedophile there. I'm, I'm surprised Sean Strickland didn't throw any of those out with all the classic uh, things he was throwing out there. Um, oh, my goodness. I, I am glad, uh, you know, speaking of, if there's any week where maybe it was, you know, to go light, to not really <laughs> invest in the media coverage, maybe it was this week. Although uh, that did not escape me either. We'll, we'll get to we'll get to all the fun stuff, uh, mainly the fights and all the picks, of course. Um, it's 1:20 p.m. Sydney time over in Australia. Mark Fellows, you are the man. I didn't expect you to be on this week with uh, it being in your backyard. You had more than an excuse between my inconsistent and late ass and you having the. Uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, the uh, Uncle Dana's uh, traveling show uh, in your backyard, sir. That's more than a, a legit excuse, so thank you for being here. Char char cheers to Mark Fellows. Another fellow enforcer, Ghost Phantom in the house. What's good, my friend? I don't know if I can stay up. Got an early drive tomorrow. Well, I appreciate you guys, and apologies for the late show. Guy James Kendrick, wishing you a great podcast today and some positive vibes. Thank you, sir. Jimmy Kudo, I don't know if we will see the regular boys today. It's okay. I've seen enough of you guys. The, you guys have already outdone uh, this podcast standards. I know. It's a bit of a lower bar, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you guys and uh, my appreciation for you guys and the fact that you guys are already here. That's pretty damn cool. So hit the like whether you can stay or hang or not, uh, and I'll try to get this show going. Um, save some time. Uh, I didn't really write down uh, what, we, what we did. We actually, it's funny, we actually won on UFC Singapore. It was a small winning night, uh, and of course I don't come back on that. I continue to come back on losing weeks, right? Not a bad losing week, not like a reverse sweep like the last time I saw you guys. Uh, small losing night, thank goodness. Um, but yeah, that's my style, right? Uh, great for the mental health there. But again, it's it's fine. We're, we are we are we are tough as alligator skin at this point, guys. After this year, believe you me. Uh, so uh, for picks, uh, I think we did pretty good overall on the picks. I think we went uh, one and o, two and o, three and o, four and o, five and o, five and one. Uh, six and one, seven and one. Oak makes it eight and one. Should have went with Kernan eight and two. Uh, Billy Goff, really impressed with him. Uh, eight and three. Jai Jai Aldreas, I didn't say it like that, but she still came through. Nine and three. And Sung Woo Choi of Jano Errands. Jano, sorry. Uh, get to the chopper. Uh, it was like ten and three overall on picks. Uh, so we did good. Um, I think we uh. Let's just go to the sheet, shall we? Because I've been keeping sheets over here, you know, while we're in the big book of the death, here we, dead over here. Book of the dead. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, still clearing up. Uh, but yeah, we, we did a plus, what was it, like 1.5 units, Not nothing big. Uh, we missed uh, everything on the uh, round robins. No, um, no, nothing to cry about there, uh, which is fine. Uh, we hit Blanchfield straight up, which was, which was very nice. Uh, and... Um, we hit Smith, which I was very grateful for, obviously, because it, it you know could have gone either either way on that one, and we'll talk about that very briefly. Uh, Miss Porter, you know, that was a one of the few dog shots. I tend to play those, you know, since I don't play too many of those. And then we hit the uh, at least the round three round flyer 
on Max, the round two round flyer on Aldridge. Miss the sub for Smith. Uh, miss round three sprinkle for um, Blanchfield and the round one sprinkle for Chikadze. Um, but yeah, uh, just want to note, you know, I know, uh, oh, I usually don't come on the uh, right side of uh, decisions or whatever, if you will, or close splits or whatever. I did get the Anthony Smith one. I was very grateful for that. Definitely made a difference in the night. That, you know, um, Max Holloway coming through as well um, in round three. Uh, you know, nice send off for Chan Sung Jung for what it's worth. I know it was still a brutal KO loss. Uh, and still took more damage. It's kind of what we saw coming, right? Uh, and then, yeah, even though um, it wasn't as atrocious as, as many were making it out to be the decision, um, I'm still going to you know, try to keep that same energy and be grateful for a close decision, even though, again, you know, um, uh, the rare occasions where I do get these or these do qualify, it's like, a, it's not like it's like a, you know, it's some robbery I got or anything ever like that, but uh, nevertheless, I still keep the same energy, definitely the grateful energy, that's all that matters. Jigigichikadze defeat Alex Caceres. Uh, Rinya Nakamura uh, looking good for Japan. Nice, nice athletic prospect there. Blanchfield, uh, that fight went, went pretty much like as expected, minus that she didn't get the to the ground, uh, which is why I thought she might have been able to get a finish. She would have eventually gotten it to the ground or more uh, dominant positions uh, and whatnot. Um, but, you know, she, she may do uh, by staying active and keeping uh, Talia Santos on defense, you know. Um, so uh, I don't have an issue with the decision so much, but... Um, yeah, uh, she came through there. Uh, Junior Taffa defeated Parker Porter on that one. Taffa boys are doing good. We'll talk about more Taffa in the card coming up. Waldo Cortez Acosta. I missed this one, but apparently he actually the guy goes out there and looks looks good. And I, you know, I said, of course, I, I make a comment on going heavyweight lead-in to heavyweight main card, which is just atrocious. I don't care that these results were both first-round KOs. It's still atrocious um, card structure or matchmaking. They can act like it was like their grandmaster plan, but it's like, no. It's coincidence. You guys just get lucky. That's why you're buying cheap labor from the Contender Series and throwing it out there because you know you're going to, uh, you know, one out of every hundred maybe, but still one out of every hundred you're going to get some Impa Kasanganai, uh Joaquin Buckley highlight on one of your cards and all that's going to cost you is some 50000 that should be 250000 by the way, minimum, uh, bonus for these fighters. So... They can act like they're geniuses all they want for that. That's just what happens. Uh, Garrett Armfield defeated uh, Tashima Kazan. I didn't watch that. Mikhail Alexeja uh, defeated Kwani. I didn't watch that. Song Karnan uh, defeated Rolando Bedoya. He should have just played and picked Tout, Tout Master just because. And I almost did that, but I'm like, oh, I didn't pick Kanan on the podcast. I'm just going to keep that same energy. And you guys know my record as far as picking opposite from what I'm actually picking on Tout Master. It still hasn't worked for me. So I'm not, I, I, you know, I wasn't trying to test that, though. It would have came clear there. That would have been decent points. Uh, Billy Goff defeated a, <laughs> God damn it, Brad Dashik for the MMA analysis. Yusaka Shida, Yusaka Kunishida, Yusaka Shida. God damn it, Brad. Damn you. Poisoning the well. Uh, that's a great, great nickname. And I, I love me some body work, so shouts out to Billy Goff there. Can't be mad about missing that. J.J. Aldridge, of course, you guys know my, my, my thing. Um, it's not so much as this fighter a finisher or not. For example, I may be f f playing a, f a, a, a fight to go to decision between two finishers, right? In the Aldridge uh, Liang fight, I played a decision machine to get a finish. It's what the matchup calls for. And am I going to be right about that? No, not every time. Maybe not even most of the times, of course. You know, only some of the times. But uh, this is one of the more proven dynamics, I would more argue, at least this one. We'll see about the more balls you want to be taking on the Australia main card. 
for 293 coming up here and Sung Woo Choi defeated Jatno Aarons. Of course, I didn't watch that one. All right, 1109, that's not bad. Uh, let's flip it over to UFC Paris, which just happened last weekend. We went minus 1.27, so we took a uh, a unit uh, and a half climb back up to uh, out of, trying to get out of hell, which we're still in, and then we, we dropped down 1.27 units again. Um, you know, uh, you know, just just, just what it is. Uh, you know, happy that it wasn't more. I'll be grateful for that. But uh, for picks, how do we do in picks on this one? One, uh, oh and one, uh, whew, oh and two, um, one and two, two and two, three and two, four and two. Five and two, six and two, steady there. Uh, six and three, it probably could have been seven and two, right? Uh, six and three, we'll get to that one. Um, seven and three, eight and three overall in picks on this one. Uh, we went 0 for on the um, round robins again on this one. Uh, Ozdemir by KO, which looks like it was going to get there, but I guess the guy was just... Uh, wouldn't go well. I was on the phone when that one happened, and I'm not one to cry about it anyways, but, um, you know, I don't know if that could have been stopped if, uh, you know, that was one, you know, oh, you'd expect me to cry about it. I don't care, man, whatever. Uh, St. Denis decision um, didn't happen. Uh, thankfully, out the counter, I took uh, St. Denis rounds two and three um, for uh, the untracked, um, which we only came up like a half a unit short there. But, hey, uh, uh, thankfully, I took that at least. We had a uh, who else? Who the fuck did I write? Chud Ho's sub. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, and neither did the Spivak sub happen. Uh, the parlay saved us. Parlay, I know it's not been good to us, but um, again, you know, uh, <clears throat> I know again it was classic. You know, everybody's acting like a genius. Of course, uh, Gon defeated Spivak, and it was just it, it was it was un unfortunate. And uh, I was saying it was unfortunate, uh, and I didn't. You know, mean lazy analysis is like an insult, but it was just one of those classic things. And by the way, I've had this criticism when I was on the winning side of both the pick and the play with Derek Lewis uh, over my favorite flow rider. Uh, you know, uh, so I, I do keep the same energy even when I win. So it's not sour grapes here. It's it's just the fact of like I hate those fights, and I call and not just win or lose. Also, before the fact, win or lose, I'm very consistent with this energy where I hate these fights. And again, I call them out for prior where. You could just tell whether MMA gambling Twitter, it's going to be one of those fights where no matter who wins or loses, the, whoever the winner is, is going to be obnoxious. They're going to act like they're the genius, right? It doesn't matter which side wins. It's applicable to both sides. It's not picking on one person, one side, one group, the other group. It's just how it is, and I hate these fights. Um, and especially when it's not just MMA, which is volatile enough as it is for people to be acting like they're geniuses, but heavyweight MMA, you know? And... You know, and then especially, like, having to just go through, like, hell of, like, you know, from half the people, you know, either on gone over Jones and just, like, kind of, like, quiet about it because, like, nobody wants to, like, you know, put their hand up. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm picking against the GOAT because who wants to do that? You know, uh, even me who's called a Jones hater, I, if you actually look at my record, I seldom pick, much less ever play against him. Um, but when you do, it, it's, you're not going to look good. You're not going to win any popularity contests, folks. So to sit through that and then have everybody, you know, then gone, of course, not just a matchup in MMA, a matchup in heavyweight MMA, a matchup in heavyweight MMA against one of the uh, air quote goats, right? You're already, you should already be more than well aware that you can lose that, right? That's more than a reality. But when you go out and lose it just so emphatically and such, when the one guy goes and has his best performance, the other guy that you're backing, of course, right, has his worst performance, 
You just look like the biggest idiot. You look like the big, and everybody's like, I told you so. Look at these guys, they can't grapple. And then, then you even have people throwing the same criticisms that you are usually trying to remind the masses as far as the lack of grappling at heavyweight and this and that. And everybody's throwing it back at you. Like, oh, remember? Grappling at heavyweight. Ah, see how much it is important. See, even a guy like Gone, if you would have just stuck to your own words. So whether it was lazy analysis or vindictive analysis or just front-running analysis, all y'all were right. Ten spades forward. Then we reverse to... Literally the same matchup, not the same matchup, but we, literally the same uh, uh, styles dynamic, right, as far as um, grappler versus striker. And even though Jones wasn't just a grappler and those of us picking him or not picking him uh, were definitely acknowledging the striking presence, whether we thought he was going to succeed or fail there, that there would be that there, he does primarily strike for those of us to not have that recency bias and part of the reason why many of us were picking gone, right? But now we have a guy who's actually committed, more even committed than the one guy who gets labeled as one of the few wrestlers at heavyweight, which is Curtis Blades, who has, of course, for whatever reason, decided not to wrestle in key occasions and got knocked out for it in some of the more obvious occasions when he should have wrestled, right? Like, what? What is this? Okay. Say what you will about Spivak. He started young. He's, uh, you know, not the most cleanest, but he's finding his style, and his style is aggressive grappling. And is he a good fighter, John Jones? No, of course not. Is he a good wrestler, whether it's credentialed or technique-wise? Even me, someone who openly doubt, doubts and will remind you, like I kind of just did and did before, about the downtrends, whether we're talking about statistical, uh, technical eye, or anything in between as far as John Jones' game, if you, again, actually look at the tape, instead of just going, go, go smash, go, like everybody usually does, um, you get, you know, you, you got to... So you got a guy who's actually consistent about it. And again, he's not as good of a wrestler or whatever. But it was just like, uh, everyone was like, oh, he's not a, he's not as good of a wrestler. His wrestling is trash. And I'm like, is it really that trash? I mean, we're heavyweight here, right? He's actually pretty diverse. Uh, he's not great level changer. Those definitely aren't his, you know, he's much more stronger in the clinch. But he's got a lot of things from the clinch, from hip bumps, uh, foot sweeps, uh, you know, he can even chain to and from the uh, a single snatch. You've seen him do that against the cage. Um, and more importantly, he literally, whether it was Greg Hardy fight or like a couple others, he literally hit the exact same takedown John Jones hit on Cyril Gaon. And it only took one. And Spivak showed not just to hit it once in a fight, he can hit it multiple times in the same fight against multiple different opponents who are big, bigger than Jones. Um, or not bigger than uh, bigger than you know, as, or as big as gone, right? Um, so, and again, it wasn't a guarantee that gone was going to win the fight, which is why my the parlay that saved my ass was the under because, duh, Dan, it's a heavyweight fight. Gone, it's favored for a reason. Yes, I'm obviously not blind to the other side. My problem is everybody that was so belligerently, just unabashedly blind toward the Spivak side going in, and the worst part about that is I'm like, great watch. People are doing the thing that I would never be caught dead doing because I have hard enough time with luck even when I'm, you know, being respectful, reasonable, minimal expectations. Um, but when other people do it, it it'll, it'll they'll, they'll, they'll tend to get away with that, right? And especially if I'm on the other side, I'll, I'll look like the idiot. And and again, it wasn't that Gon couldn't win or anything like that or, or everyone else's analysis was wrong. I just It was almost maddening. The like people I respect even were just like, did you guys, do you not see that he 
How could he possibly get him down? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe his main preferred takedown that Gon just got hit with and couldn't even get up with. And it's only been five months. How much are you going to improve that? Especially, you know, uh, at heavyweight and when you're a heavyweight who is an athletic, you know, a dynamo who doesn't usually feel like he has to improve, even if he is air quote motivated BJ Penn mode. How much could he really do? It, it didn't really matter because Spivak goes out there and he has a match that's so bad that even people who don't bet and were picking gone and have no any of the interests or side of it or perspective as me were just like, even those people were like, holy crap, like, it was so bad, folks, that, again, I'm not, like, a robbery guy. I'm not, like, a fight was fixed guy or whatever. This is one of those fights that it wasn't just from what I saw happen, but even the woo-woo side, like, watching Sergius Bivek come out and kind of, like, get announced, like, he looked like he was there to fucking lose. I don't say that, and I say that at the risk of knowing I picked him and bet him, and this is coming a mix of tirade, so it looks like it's salty grapes, even though, like I said, I've always kept this same energy for this analysis dynamic and pet peeve, win or lose, prior or before. It's what it was. It was a terrible fucking performance. You know, we really didn't get things answered, and even people without the, you know, uh, the analysis that I'm criticizing, even them admitted as much. Like, I don't know how much really was answered, right? But it's okay, everybody gets to go pat themselves on the back and feel like a genius and uh, and whatnot. That being said, boy, yeah, Spivak definitely, uh, people, it's like, I agree too, like people like doing the Mitch McConnell thing, like Spivak and big fights, like I agree, but again, back to that irony and this selective, oh, you know, well see, uh, everybody could be, you can't compare him because he's the GOAT. It's like, no, I wasn't comparing Spivak's resume to John Jones. I'm looking at the style, like I do every time like I feel and many feels arguably one of the most important things to look at you know we can play this by numbers we can play this by woo woo and vibes and feels but you know I, I like to go against I like to go with stylistic evidence and um, as much as I agree now in retrospect yeah definitely speed back chokes and big fights but literally those same memes were being used for gone just a fight before after he dropped it to Jones but now he's being treated like the Chad right and speed and that's fine I'm just saying realize it folks realize what happens realize how easy recency bias is right how guilty so many of us are and uh yeah that's all i ask because I, I feel like I, i'm going crazy over here all right let's just speed through the rest of this because that was way too long to spend on that uh uzdemir or saint uh, fucking uh fioto defeated uh chud rose uh no no complaining here again uh you know, Rose is not a fighter to really bet on, which is why I was leaning toward Fioro in the and then. But then after watching the tape, I saw those open stance head kicks, and that was another annoying thing because it's like uh, you didn't realize that. But minus uh, Leonardo, Leonardo, uh, the last four Fioro opponents actually like hit her hard with open stance head kicks, and I'm like, well, now she's facing the most opportunistic one of the longer, ironically, despite it being another strawweight, not a strawweight, another because she's fought, fought strawweights who moved up before, right? Um, another straw weight who moved up. She's actually got the the best op, uh, opportunistic head kicks. And sure enough, every time Rose got her in position for it, she would just reset and let her off. And so that was just a frustrating. But even with that, it was even more frustrating because if you did bet on Rose, you were taking a chance on which Rose shows up. Uh, you know, was was a big part of it, regardless of how positive or negative you felt about the stylistic matchup. Right? There's also that which Rose shows up. And the unfortunate part of that is he actually did back a rose that did show up. It, you know, I'm not saying she would have won if she didn't break her finger because again, she that she broke her finger. That's still not an excuse. In fact, that's even less of an excuse of why she didn't throw that high kick, right? So I'm not saying she would have won because of that. Believe me, 
again, I stay I stay very realistic when or lose on both fighters' possibilities. I'm not trying to act like a genius or anything's one-sided here. But it did happen really early in that first round. You can't help but wonder, right? And uh, and again, I know I'm I'm grateful to finally get a close decision for whatever that's worth on a card the week before. But uh, uh, the most one-sided record that I've, I've been on the wrong side of, which is uh, injuries, I, again, feel free to say in the chat, Tell me a fighter that uh, has been injured that I've been on the right side of. I think the only one you can say is, was it um, Lucindo or something? The, well, the knee bar one. I didn't bet or whatever the fight, but I, I technically picked the winner in that fight. Like That's literally the only one I can think of in the last three years since the pandemic. So that streak continues as well intact. Benoit Saint-Denis, of course, defeated Thiago Moises. We talked about that. Uzdemir Bogdan, we talked about that. Uh, Gomenium, I didn't really, really watch that too much. I just thought that the referee thing was a, a bad protocol. Um, Morgan Charrier defeated uh, Manolo Zucchini. It was nice to see uh, Charrier finally coming into the UFC at the right time. Uh, nice to see Lapalus back. Hopefully, we could see uh, Kalen Lochran. Um, against uh, that, that was tough for him. He went from like having a favorable matchup to an unfavorable one. So hopefully, we get to see him on a full camp against a more favorable, uh, not more favorable, just a more sensible matchup. Uh, I didn't watch Angelusa versus Reese McKee. Didn't watch uh, Cornhole versus Edwards. Although I was close to betting Edwards, and of course, I, again, I felt like this card was going to be doomed for me because, uh, you know, there was a lot of, um, like, I, I think I had Gomi by decision, which looked like it would cruise to that. That was going to be something I was going to be on, and the other thing I was going to be on was Edwards. So either way, like, this card had my name on it. It had, you know, bad referee interventions, which, again, I've got really bad re record when it comes to those. Uh, and again, back to the... Uh, not just close, but, you know, people... And I didn't watch it, so I'm not trying to say that, but this was one that, that got everybody up in arms was the Edwards-Cornoli decision. Um, but uh, I would, probably would have been on the wrong end of one of those two, so, so you know. And I was, like, not even trying to, like, rub it in either, being like, oh, I dodged a bullet, or I was keeping quiet, because I'm like, nope, nope, Dan, you're going to stay humble. You're not going to tempt the MMA gods. We're going to try to get out of... No, 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 no. So yeah, that is it for the recap. Let's get on to the fun stuff, shall we? We spent way too much time. 25-18. Ba -da -ba -bam. Let's go to... What the fuck is this? Yeah, 25-18. the fuck is this? Alright, let's go here. Um, Yeah. We got UFC 293, of course. It's going to be headlined by Israel Adesanya versus Sean Strickland. Let me pull up some odds here. And the lovely fightodds.com is so wonderfully organized. Uh, yeah, minus 770 uh, Adesanya. Come back on Strickland roughly plus 480, depending on where you're looking. Um, yeah, this was, uh, this was supposed to be... Uh, Right, third Rikus, but man, uh, Strickland is, is doing his best to bring, to bring to bring all the bait and energy uh, in the in the press conference. Is he is he not? So uh, I guess you know, for those fans of that stuff, there's there's that. Uh, but in all seriousness, um, even though I could, you know, be more uh, pressing my, my my relations with people or this or that, um, like I said, you know, which is which is a good thing too, you know, when you see the. Uh, you know the, the the James Krause situations of the world. Uh, I, I keep things I keep things honest with you guys. I keep things level, and uh, I try to keep that same uh, energy, if you will, uh, with uh, with the people in real life uh, who I, I consider friends, uh, 
professionals and work with um, as best I can. And um, yeah, I'm not trying to you know uh, stoop out inside information. Do I talk? Sh there's talking shop, but what I don't do is uh, you know uh, snoop out the inside information or anything like uh, like that or anything like that. I, I don't know. Honor code, honor code here, at least for me. I'm not saying everybody does it that way. Definitely, they definitely don't. But uh, as far as uh, if you guys are saying, Dan, can you give us hints at what the game plan is going to be? No, because I do not know the game plan. I am just as curious as far as you guys are what the game plan could be. I can, however, tell you what perhaps we could see um, from things uh, when these two fighters meet to what we do know about them, uh, as well as, yes, some anecdotal things as far as Strickland in the gym, which is its own category. I'm not talking about him, you know, knocking out, uh, you know, random dudes in the sparring footage. I'm talking about, like, what the people that actually train with him say, the actual fighters who are UFC-level fighters as well, who train with him say. That's that's more of what I respect, you know. Um, and uh, I'll get to you guys in the chat, too, at least for this fight. Then we'll I'll probably just jump back down after we clear the main card. But, um... But yeah, uh, as far as Strickland style, the way I approach this one is more how would Adesanya um, approach a guy like Strickland? Now we can have the outfighty Strickland who you know kind of gets stuck out with ideas, which you know could happen. We've seen that happen in an Adesanya fight as uh, before. Um, Especially if Strickland is maybe get stuck in looking to more counter play on the outside, um, gets countered hard at first and sees some things he doesn't like. Um, it's not a popular style of Strickland fight, but it's one we got to be realistic about. Also goes against the bet and makes the me sweat the bet that I am playing for this fight. But it's it's a realistic possibility. However, uh, when you look at what Sean generally tries to do, what he does best as well as what this matchup calls for. Those are three technically different things, but you try to string the common threads where you can. And yes, I do believe that pressure is going to be there. Now, the thing that's funny is he's good about mixing up his jab tempos and showing the jab only to lead with the right and then step with the, two, step with the left. He can shift and, and change up his steps. He can do some subtle things there it's not just your basic you know just jab just jab just jab which will definitely get him timed off the bat and you know if he does get too predictable we saw what happened with you know Poetan Pereira uh, who I did pick by second round knockout right despite the extreme couture Eric Nixick bias or whatever you want to accuse me of um <clears throat> we could see Adesanya make those similar reads here you know uh as he reminded us he kind of can counter and follow the punches back pretty well uh, even though he doesn't have the Poetan knockout power, uh, who had the more emphatic uh, stoppage as far as MMA goes, not kickboxing, right? Uh, as far as the MMA goes, you know, Adesanya had them for the guy who not, you know, doesn't doesn't hit as hard. He's very pinpoint, especially with those types of counters. So that's going to be the, the the real ride the lightning dynamic uh, that I believe I kind of characterize how, how Strickland's going to have to do. He's really going to have to ride that lightning, where. He is going to need those lightning bolts, his, his straight shots, because that's just what he operates in. He's not a guy who's just going to uncharacteristically shoot in the middle of the open, uncharacteristically win hooks and just, you know, throw a spin kick or just shoot off of a kick, you know, like uh, some Sanda guy or something. Like, 
Like, no, like, he, if it's a level-changing shot or a shot in the open, or it's going to have to be more of a well-timed shot, which I think will actually serve him better, even though the clinches should be a priority where to push through. We, we, we also can't deny that Adesanya has really had to upgrade his MMA clinch game um, as far as the MMA and anti-grappling aspects and him fighting to his frame goes because that's kind of a lot of the matchups, a lot of the ideas people have had against him, a lot of the quiet work that City Kickboxing has done as a camp they don't necessarily get credit for. Um, so I do think that the well-timed shots more in the open, countering something off of a kick uh, would be much better, especially because of the jabbing and the lack of kick defense. Uh, that weighted front leg, I imagine, is going to be a target Adesanya is salivating over, right? I'm sure he's going to smartly try to attack the calf as well as with his excellent distance managements and disguising feints. Again, there's a lot of layers there. It's not just easy as catching a kick and being ready for it. Um, but these are pathways for Strickland to close, create shuffles, scrambles, and perhaps possible takedowns if he plays his cards right. Um, that being said, this won't be the small cage of the apex where Strickland is accustomed to fighting. Um, Adesanya will have more ground. Um, Adesanya is riding high off some confidence. He is not lacking uh, the motivation. Um, and uh, especially as, as Sean pokes at him. Uh, it's not like the respect he had for Cannoneer, right? Um, uh, the, the actual respect. And then there's the physical respect, which he had for both Cannoneer and Romero. When I am referencing these uh, decisions that I'm not so subtly talking around and afraid of because uh, my bet here is an inside the distance bet, if you didn't already guess it. Um, but th there were multiple respect factors at play, and I don't know if we're going to get either of those respect factors at play. Does that mean it can't go to decision? Of course it could still go to decision. I'm a realist here, folks. I'm not trying to sit here and be like, I got the answers. This is going to cash. Like, that's not that's not me. Go 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 somewhere, go somewhere else for that. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, I, I, I just honestly, you know, when I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know, does he have those same respect factors? I, I don't see that. Um, Cannoneer is arguably not is not as durable as Romero and arguably not as durable as he's getting credit for, but I think he's more durable than Strickland, right? Uh, and Romero obviously more durable than both of them. That's another factor you have to consider there. Um, Strickland has been hittable, you know, whether it's left hooks or... Uh, or shins uh, from that left side, the, those kicks, you know, uh, an, easy, an easy question mark kick, an easy check hook, I could absolutely, uh, absolutely see. It's been those left-sided strikes, right? When Easy Dos Santos spin kicked him with the right, it was a spin kick with the right, which means where did it hit? On Sean's right side, which means of a left-sided strike. Staying with those themes from left-sided strikes tend to trouble Strickland the most. So I'm actually going to go with Adesanya, round three, TKO. Um, I sprinkled round two. It's plus 600 as well. Round three plus 750. 0.33 U apiece. Um, if it doesn't happen in those rounds, as long as Adesanya uh, gets it done inside the distance, uh, I will still technically profit, although not by much because I played Adesanya and I only could get him at minus 140, 1.4 units. You say, why not by knockout? Well, because I get bad numbers means the same house only offered by knockout minus 125 now i did find a plus 110 by knockout which you know again the only really reason is could get a sub is because he has legitimately been working on his grappling we haven't seen it uh, he's been working on it with uh obviously uh, high level guys like craig jones and the like and uh again strickland's not far from being hurt will probably be pressuring forward trying to look for takedowns especially if hurt 
Um, I wouldn't be beyond Izzy to maybe wrap something up with his long arms and kind of flex and floss, uh, especially in matchups where, you know, shout out to my guy Aaron Bronstetter where, you know, um, if you have the opportunity, if you're a talented fighter and you're given a matchup where, let's just say, at least on paper with no disrespect meaning, you can maybe style a bit. These are usually the spots you could style. So, you know, there is an argument for the inside to the distance as far as hedging there for the small, since there really is only a small number difference. You're really not getting that much more profit. That being said, I don't blame you if you go for the KO line. I just did it because most of the places you can get inside the distance lines are actually like near even money at minus 110. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I put that on there. Um, but I played it at minus 140 because, again, not only do I get shitty numbers, but I'm also one of those guys who actually plays what I put out there. I know, crazy, right? Even if it's detrimental myself, I got to keep that same same energy and all that shit, right? So, yeah, I, I played it at a shit number, so it kind of juxtaposes my returns a bit. But if you're playing it uh, toward even, you can just kind of fire away and just hope he gets the finish. Or maybe you don't even got to entangle yourself and you can kind of go for the hot rounds for Adesanya. I believe are going to be rounds two and three. Uh, you know, a lot of people from inside the camp, like Chris Curtis of the world, um, feel like Strickland's strongest rounds are going to be four and five. Um, even if Ad even if, even if, though Adesanya, uh, you know, is not one to fade, uh, is more proven in those rounds, is more experienced in those rounds. And on paper is projected to win those rounds very clearly. I doubt he wants to stick around and find out if he doesn't need to. So give me out of sign your rounds two and three and inside the distance is what I'm on there. Let's see what you guys had to say about that and we'll we'll mow through the rest of this card. Um <laughs> got Brad Tashuk. I'm gonna have to catch the replay, but hope all is well. Thanks, Brad. You definitely got a shout in this one, you son of a bitch, you sack of shit. <laughs> shout out to the MMA analysis pot too as well, by the way. Uh let's see, here we go. Real Susan Truesdale. Hey, you want a UFC Singapore? I congratulate you and hopefully you have more. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I'll take that. Again, I wasn't around to take my flowers because you know me. I keep missing the weeks where I win and coming back on my losing weeks, which doesn't help the perception, but I appreciate you guys keeping score. This might send you on a rant, but why is the media perpetuating the culture war BS surrounding Adesanya Strickland? It's really annoying. Is that something that interests in this matchup? Um, it's very predictable that they did because they've been doing this, and I've I, I've been kind of sick of this because it's just like, dude, like shout out, like again, if you've been listening to me or even back on properties that I've been a part of and guests that I've had on the show, shout out to Jordan Killian, MMA latest, dating back to 2015, almost eight years ago, folks. Um, they were some of the earliest to have Sean Strickland on because Sam Alvey worked for that outlet, and we would do all do podcasts together. And uh, we found out really quickly uh, that Sean Strickland was a real gun freak guy and all these things that, you that again, the media can't help but keep going. <laughs> and, I, and I love Chris Curtis, too, by the way, but it's just like, let's just, let's just bring, now they're just like bringing on Sean Strickland's like training partners on shows to be like, what does Sean say behind closed doors? <laughs> like that, like that, that's what, that's what everything is turning into now. Like, and I called this already, I, 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 me and those again that I, I cited, this isn't all. This this isn't anything new. So it's especially annoying to me and many. So you're right about it, sending me on a rant. But um, yeah. Uh, so it's it's what it is, and it's like, and the, and it, and the thing is, it's like uh, Strickland's like that kid in class. Like he's like that class clown in class. It's like, and I'm not saying that to you know Colby Covington, uh, Cape, or defend him in any way or anything like that. But it's just one of those things. Like. I, 
I don't even I don't even think, and I wouldn't presume to know, but I honestly, if I was a betting man, get him ahead. I wouldn't even think he believes half the shit that he spews off. You can almost just see the glee in his mouth because, again, uh, the, the media are gonna are gonna play right into it, and it's, he's gonna get paid. He's gonna get these sponsorships and title shots, and you know, be the company man. Like, of course, he's. I mean, it's it's reinforced behavior. He's only being reinforced positive through clicks, through interviews, through UFC opportunities. And again, this is nothing new, whether we're criticizing the UFC and who they like to promote, and it's nothing new if we're keeping that same energy with the media folks. So, yeah. All right. Um, congrats. Ongoing 6-1 and one at UFC Singapore. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. James Kendrick, I got to ask, can you do a Sean Strickland impression and say, we should all love and respect each other no matter where we come from? We should all love and respect each other no matter where we come from. Kumbaya. I, I don't know what uh, Strickland's trying to do. I feel like he's trying to do like a... Stone Cold Steve Austin, Chael Sonnen, like, uh, mix. He's really, he's really getting, and then he's almost, like, trying to run for candidacies. I don't care who you are. I'm like, what are we, are we running for, like, candidacy at a certain point? Like, what are we, what are we doing here? Um, I had it on in the background when I was, uh, you know, doing some house stuff earlier today. I came on in the YouTube autoplay. I can't believe, uh, Ghost Phantom says, I can't believe, but Strickland does jab a lot, and Adesanya hates jabbers, as you have said in the past um and strickland can just be annoying when he gets in his rhythm so maybe that you know maybe that is something to watch out for um ghost phantom adds that doesn't mean we favor strickland to win though of course not of course not ghost phantom by the way big shouts to him was was, was so happy to see him getting his due daps uh after uh zhang wei li uh the zang gang's uh recent appearance and you want to talk about Zang Gang? This guy is Zang Gang. so shouts to my guy ghost there all right hit the leg we're gonna go co-main event time um, I don't know if it's up yet because I, I was a bit late this week uh, battling, battling, battling the sickness. Um, but it's okay. I, to, I actually tried to make room to see some friends this week. Um, not to name drop, but, you know, fighter friends, uh, f fight promotion friends, special forces friends. Just a bunch of old school friends that I haven't seen since the, uh, uh, it's one, of the one of the UFC military trips we did, so. It was uh, it was nice, but my body was not uh, ready for it, and uh, I am still uh, uh, paying for it and trying to incubate here. So uh, we'll see. Bear with me, folks. All right, we got Alexander Volkov, minus two sixty five in that neighborhood, depending on where you look. Uh, in the neighborhood, two to one odds now for Taito Ivasa. I'm okay with Volkov as the favorite, but I was more in line with the initial odds, which weren't close to even odds, but they were closer to even odds than this. Not saying it should have been even odds. I actually was okay with a. Tuivasa, what was he open at like a plus one forty? So he was under, he was under uh, plus one fifty, and now he is you know over two to one, depending on where you look for the more dangerous heavyweight, heavyweight volatility, folks. Again, you know that's all you really need to justify it. But let's not pretend. Uh, why is Volkov favorite? Well, he is a superior range striker, and he works the body, and he works not just works the body, not just works the body, uh, not just works range but uses front kicks from that old Kyokushin or Tsu Shenzhen, which is another kind of form of sport karate iteration, if you will. You maybe see that more, you know, these more in places like uh, like, like, like Russia or Eastern Europe. Europe. You see these, these uh, attached outside of the more stereotypical places, if you will, and that, that is Volkov. I think that's going to be very useful for him, as we saw in the Sirogan Bon Gamin, which, you know, I wish I was uh, around last week. I could have reminded you guys, of course, is French for boner jams. We all know that. Uh, and it definitely jammed up to Ivasa's belly, right? Um, 
So that's there. That being said, when it comes to the legs, I think Tuivasa does have an equalizer, and albeit his only range weapon, since he really doesn't like to jab too much, it still is a good one that counters said jab um, and said even front kicks, because whether you're kick, front kicking with your front, like whether someone tries to starts to front teat me, uh, especially like in Muay Thai or Muay Thai sparring even, much less MMA or anything, same thing, um, if they're kicking me with their lead leg, uh, I'm going to make sure, because uh, I like to, especially as a southpaw, I like to step back with my lead leg, and it not only steps back to get out of range and set up an offensive angle, two birds at one stone, we've got three birds with one stone, it sets up an either a counter right or a leg kick as your opponent is wading into you. So if they front teep at you with their lead leg from an orthodox stance, they're front teeping with the left, maybe I step back with the right, and when that leg comes down off of the rechamber of their kick, I'm timing it because you can't check, especially someone who's good at checking. I'm trying to kick their, they're, they're checking my kicks. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to kick, even if I'm thinking I'm being clever and disguising it, I'm going to wait until they kick. Then I'm going to slam their fucking legs when they're putting it down. Uh, and then the same thing if they're kicking with their back leg, even though you really can't time it, they are having to use their leg to balance, pivot, so they can't really lift it to check. They can't really, you know, uh, pole drag or sli uh, slide step back out of range. Uh, these are great times to kick the legs. Obviously, it's there when a jab is. We know that because when you jab, your weight goes on your front foot. And Tuivasa, I forget the name of the kickboxer he was working with for about three camps in a row during that run that he had, right, uh, in Abu Dhabi. But um, it was, uh, I forget, but uh, shout out to Aaron Bronstead or Bazooka Joe Valtellina knows a thing or two about kickboxing. He actually really highly recommended this guy who was a former fighter or maybe still an active fighter as well who trained with Tuivasa and you really saw uh, upgrades both in the clinch and at range with those leg kicks and this was even after he already beat a tall guy in Stefan Struve now Struve does not have the jab and his reliable range weapons that was kind of his thing even though he was actually taller and longer than Volkov um, he did not have those same range weapons so I, I wouldn't, you know, I, even though I'm a Tuivasa fan in this spot, uh, I wouldn't get too crazy with that comparison. But at the same token, when you want to look at the Bongamins of the world, right, Serial Gans, uh, or even Arlovsky, who I picked to give Tai Tuivasa uh, a fight, and he gave him a tougher fight than people care to admit beforehand, or maybe can remember if they haven't gone back to watch it. Um, and then Dos Santos, even though he's not much of a kicker, he is what? An athletic and agile mover. I don't think it's height necessarily. I think it's athletic and agile movers uh, for the uh, stouter and portly to Ivasa, which makes sense, right? Um, does that mean that, again, he's going to beat Volkov? Does that mean Volkov's height isn't going to help him? Of course it you know, doesn't mean he's going to beat Volkov. Of course Volkov's height is still going to help him win or lose. That being said, I don't know if it's the definitive thing here. I think it's more mobility issues. And even though Volkov, you know, has more range weapons than a Struve, and he's not, you know, unathletic, he's not, you know, some athletic phenom at the same sense, right? Uh, in fact, he too struggles with the athletes. He's not as much of a mover, whether it's like an Aspinall or a Gon or, or what have you. That, that really throws him off. In fact, one could argue the more athletic uh, mover and distance closer, the, the, the more athlete is Tuivasa here. Again, it's not, you know, how cut you are means how you're an athlete. It's what what can you do? What kind of freakish things can you do generating power, explosion, uh, whether it's through uh, concussive force or popping up out of bad positions, uh, fighting through the clinch, uh, etc. These kind of things. And Tuivasa, despite his stature, shows those things. 
Um, again, no issue with Volkov being favored. Uh, completely understand. Maybe it's me just, you know, taking the obvious dogs and leaning into the few dogs I have because that's kind of, you know, you could really easy make a case for that in MMA, right? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with Tuivasa. I think, you know, you look at, not the stats mean everything, but I, I do go back to watch the footage. There's not a lot of checks from Volkov. And yeah, whether they're body, head, or leg kicks, everybody lands at a 90 to 100 percentile ratio on Volkov historically. Um, add that plus the clinch stuff, you know, uh, I know it's not the small cage, but Volkov's going to have to be diligent for three rounds nonetheless. And that can be hard to do, as we saw in his fight with Derek Lewis, another opportunistic slugger, if you will. So give me tied to Ivasa. I just put a unit on tie uh, at plus 208. Uh... I'll probably throw. I'll pro I may still sprinkle on tie KO slash round two. I guess I'm waiting to see what uh, I can fit into my round robin and where I end up with before I start like putting more than one unit into a volatile heavyweight fight. But it's a volatile heavyweight fight, so give me the dog. All right, let's push through the rest of these rather fast. This is actually the one of the main, the only fight on the main card I didn't get to study for you guys was uh, which I wanted to. Uh, Manel Cop uh, minus 430 uh, Felipe Dos Santos plus 300 I got excited I was like is this Willy Cat and obviously it's not Willy Cat um, so I still got to look into this guy I did glance at his bio and he sounds like just a kid who kind of grew up on the streets he doesn't have like kickboxing or like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu ranks at least listed have not lurked his Instagram but he just sounds like a tough kid who grew up on the streets in the favelas you know found his way to the Diego Lima shootbox team I believe and, uh, yeah, um, I want to look more into him because even though, obviously, Cop should be deserved to be favored, he was originally getting ready to face Kai Kara France in this spot. Um, Cop's got a ton of potential. Uh, but in, despite him training in my backyard, being an extreme couture guy, again, folks, I'm, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, oh, no, no, no. Blindly go bias. <laughs> um, blindly go bias here. And, uh, yeah, I keep, you know, I, I, uh, keep it real with you. I, Cop's not a guy I, you know, keep it the same as before. I'm not a guy who I've uh, really trusted at, at big favorite odds. So, not necessarily looking to bet him. So, even if I do uh, make the obvious pick here, uh, that doesn't mean I'm going to play him, but we'll see if there is an angle or if uh, Dos Santos is more lively than I imagine. You never know. So, I always say, you could be surprised, folks. You you, you could be leaning one way and you go the other once you, after you watch the tape. I don't know about this spot, but but again, hit me at uh, DanTomMMA for my quick uh, picks and plays on Fight Day on Twitter. I ain't calling it that other shit. Um, all right, we got uh, Austin Lane, uh, plus 190. Justin Toffa, minus 250. Um, I can't remember if I picked Toffa in round one or round two, but I think I'm just going to go Toffa round one. That's what I know what the odds are saying is going to happen. I just don't like the vibes of uh, Austin Lane uh, going into enemy territory trying to make... Trying to make friends with the crowd, whereas, you know, Tapas is like, what mm, come here? What a smish. <laughs> you know, he's just got that uh, Mark Hunt energy going on about him, and I appreciate that. So, uh, Tafa boys are on a roll. I know Tui Vasa's been training with them as well. So, uh, even though Tui Vasa, again, hadn't been in uh, Abu Dhabi, he is training with uh, uh, some high-level, sizable strikers, uh, higher-level, sizable strikers for what it's worth. So, we'll see how that goes for him. Uh, but yeah, give me Toffa around one KO. It's not really sexy uh, the lines there uh, to play any of those things. So you know, I, I don't think you really see it anywhere. You know, even the plus one twenty five or whatever for the round one. It's like, what are you really gonna get with that? All right, we got Tyson Pager. <laughs> he opened at minus one twenty five, but now they're even. 
uh, minus 110 apiece, pretty much, or roughly close to it. Uh, of course, he's facing Anton Turkal, the pleasure, pleasure, pleasure man. Oh, man. Remember that? Only when Pleasure Man fought the jail man. I thought the cut man when they had the check-in station was going to hand him some lipstick, you know? Like, Dirk Callie's like, what's this for? Like, jail man likes it when you wear lipstick. It's his words, not mine. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he gave it up to the jail man. But Pleasure Man's pretty tough. You know, we saw that with the Petrino fight, you know, whether it's taking shots or being in bad positions or being gassed. Um, but, uh, I, it was so what I'm trying to say here is I think that, uh, Tyson Pedro is live for a decision. I'm actually picking playing. It's actually going to be my prop Scott submission this week. Tyson Pedro by decision. Like Dan, Tyson Pedro's never won a decision. He's never won a fight that came out of the first round. Like that's right. But he's also had a really weird career. Um, a, I believe he's actually still a younger guy, at least by light heavyweight standards, and at least um, by the miles. Uh, yet 31, still in his early early 30s there, uh, which is kind of crazy because he's been around for a minute, but he hasn't fought a lot. He had that. Big year gap. Uh, they tried to set him up with a bunch of gimmies, you know, which, which, uh, you know, no disrespect to any of his opponents, but especially at the time, maybe he's faced them. They were definitely favorable matchups. Uh, then we did see him get taxed, right? We saw him have his uh, typical prospect losses where you're supposed to beat the vet, and the vet comes through, uh, you know, uh, with the Shogun fight. Uh, and we saw his gas tank issues perhaps there reemerge, right? Now, this could be, you know, something. Um, you know, especially after it happens again, right, with that one. And, and the shouts, I believe, to my guy Aaron Bronstetter, I believe, again, giving, giving Aaron a lot of shouts this show. But I believe he was smartly on uh, Modestus Bukowskis by decision in that fight. And if you look at it, for a guy who looked like he, like, really mispaced himself and started gassing by the end of round one after taking it after taking it uh, fairly clearly, from what, I, from what I recall, from a scoring perspective, um, you're like, this guy's not going to make it. Especially when the commentary is reminding you that he's never won a fight out of round one. And, and he dogged it out. Um, but when you go back and look at that fight, and I never thought of it before, and I was already leaning toward this decision play anyways, but even more so now. When you go back and look at it, and I believe even others like, you know, kind of in the know that will give out these little Easter eggs if you listen carefully, like the John Annex of the world, and others said he might not have been healthy for that. And you look back at it, and it actually makes sense. He doesn't even look like he's moving that great. And again, it's not like he's like some like Bongamin boner jams out there, but he's a pretty athletic dude. He, you know, he, he may be a lot of, uh, there might be not, not a lot of depth. There may be a lot of fl flash and fluff that, you know, especially early on made people think there was more depth to his game, but it, it wasn't for his lack of mobility. And, I, you know, he's got the ankle sleeves. You know, uh, he looks in much better shape this time around by his Instagram, like the physical, the eye test, right? Uh, both how cut up and trim he is to how he's moving. And, you know, you hate to make excuses or, 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 or you know, start looking through rose-colored glasses to kind of get confirmation bias on your bets. Uh, but, again, that's why I do the tape before I make the bet. But uh, I did notice that, man. I'm like, maybe there's some credence to what people were saying about him not being healthy for this fight and that he still dogged it out. And, again, I'm not trying to make a case for him being a decision guy, but you look at it and, okay, okay his striking is, you know, again, with the depth as far as combination to striking technicality, depth off the counter to the knockout power. Uh, not terrible in these, but he's definitely not in like the 8 to 9 to 10 out of 10 range in those categories, right? He's more in the mid-range if we're like a video game stats sheet to make it kind of arbitrary and easier to visualize here. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to knock out Anton Turkel. Uh, Anton Turkel, not the greatest striker, not the greatest defense, so he should have him outgunned there. Neither are the best, better wrestlers, but size, strength, and wrestling technique, Pedro has him there too, so he should be able to take it to the ground if he's not feeling 
the striking for whatever reason, or God forbid, Turkali does hit him with something wild and maybe briefly stuns him. Pedro's got a wrestling advantage. He's got a ground advantage both on paper with multiple black belts in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. But Turkali also a grappler by trade, a very tough in that department, durable, can fight off his back and fight from bad positions uh, unless the jail man is fully mounted and inserted himself inside of him and begin to inseminate. Then, you know, God help you in that case. But nobody's really going to get out of that. Um, Jesus, I mean, you, you need, like, plan B to the C to the D to the F to the max, right? And get, get me out of here. Mista, mista. Uh, easy, Dan. All right. Point is, I don't know if he's going to be able to finish um, Turkal. And Turkal may not have been a decision much, and he doesn't win decisions either. But again, he, he he's not built to win decisions. So again, back to the fight where I picked Aldridge, a decision machine, to win by finish because it's, it's what the matchup calls for. She's against a do-or-die fighter. Um, this is a matchup where stylistically, not only do they is it stylistically weird, slash they match up weird, which could produce a weird fight, but more, more concrete... Um, Neither guys, both guys have similar strengths, which means it could be a wash, and you end up testing each other out. Both guys are in needs of wins here, some to different extents than others. Even though Toss and Pedro only has one loss, uh, he really is in need of a bounce back, right? Whereas Turkal is winless and is 0 2, going around calling himself the pleasure man, right? Um, he kind of was brought in for a reason, and you know, I, I, I saw people hitting his plus number early. And, you know, it wasn't just imagination. We talked about the line movement off the top of this breakdown. But you know a card is bad when Anton Turkal seems to be the dog of the week, right? I mean, all respect, I think I got friends that are on that side. But uh, I got, I, I'm not going to lay the chalk on Pedro per se, but you're going to give me close to 5 to 1. I know you can get clo you know, close to 4 to 1 by submission, which doesn't seem too far value from a decision, uh, which, you know, maybe takes the value off decision because you're like, Guy never won by decision. You're going to put it that close to a submission prop the way he's going to win most. How does that make sense? But A, why bet on something that you don't think is going to happen? I know there's value and whatnot, but at the same time, at the end of the day, why are you going to bet on something that you don't think is going to happen? Although he could submit uh, Turkal, uh, I think the decision is lively. If anything, that line spread justifies my thoughts. And again... North of plus four to one is north plus four to one, baby. So uh, I just put a half a unit on Pedro Ball decision at a plus four fifty there. Uh, half unit. I gotta plug these into my action thing. I just made these uh, today too. So apologies for those of you who follow me on there. Um, all right, that takes us down to the prelim. So let's just check in real quick uh, with the uh, with the chat here. Mock fellows, I believe Canada is Sean's pet name for Mike Bond as Cockring is his new name for the heavily pierced jersey. Oh, my God. I was going to say, I, does he have a crush on my guy, Jose? I, I love Mike and Jose, by the way. They're both two really nice dudes for what it's worth. Um, but does he have a crush on my guy, Jose? Like, I swear to God, he, every time he acts so surprised, like, look at this guy, his hair or his jewelry or whatever comment he's making over, but... By the way, my guy Jose's got some awesome fashion. He's a very handsome man, by the way. Uh, kills it, by the way, uh, and, and a good dude. Uh, but so no shame, no no shame for Jose. But I, I do want to my Deshaun like have a thing because like he he his eyes light up whenever he sees Jose. He cannot help but like <laughs> again, it's like the kid in class, right? Like that that's what I see when I see Sean Strickland. Um, Ghost Phantom, really appreciate the shout out, Dan. You do amazing work as well. Oh, you deserve the shout out, my man. Uh, people follow my man, Ghost Phantom. 
uh, on whatever places you can. Um, da -da -da -da. Reticent Lemon, hi, hi, hello there. James Kendrick, do you like Volkov's Kyokushin uh, style front kick, especially against Southpaws? Um, yeah, I do a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Big fan of big fan of the karate style front kicks. You know, he's got that perfect mix of snap, but with force. You know, you're really hitting the ball of the foot. It's really a, it's a really a strong um, body jab. A lot of people can be a little too pushy with it. Really good Muay Thai people can really. Well, they can vary it, of course, their style of front kicks in Muay Thai, but they almost have that, like, where it looks like they're pushing, but they're just, like, it's just so pinpoint, you know? They just kind of, like, literally stab you with it. I, I love those, too. Those are some of my favorite. Um, I haven't I haven't sparred with a Muay Thai guy that is, that, uh, thankfully, um, that's really good with that for a while because that is, oh, that's monstrous. Um, Jimmy Kudo. Oh, man, I really want to timestamp that technique you are talking about where you retract your lead leg. Yeah, it's it's it's... It's absolutely uh, excellent when people take heavy steps forward. They just don't see you. It just perfectly chambers a, a leg kick. And it's great because you hit them with a free leg kick and immediately they look down and go, wait, how did you hit it for me from that stance? Oh, wait, you're in that stance now? And just them processing it, you've already had time to hit them more, change your stance to confuse them more, and just ultimately take the initiative back off of a countering move. All right. Uh, all right, let's get to the prelims here and knock the rest of this card out and get the fuck out of here. Uh, we've got... Um, Shaisa, uh, Dawoon Jung, plus 220, Carlos Oberg, Fantasy Jewish Fight League, Oberg, uh, minus 295. Um, yeah, man, as much as I love, uh, Jung, uh, God damn it, Brad, God damn it, Brad. Uh, <laughs> as much as I love Jung, uh, I'm gonna go with, uh, my, my, uh, speaking of my Jewish brethren there, gonna go with, <laughs> gonna go with Oberg. Uh, <laughs> Ober clearly Jewish, just like you know Izzy is clearly Chinese, right? I guess. So let's just let's let's keep the theme rolling, folks. No, just kidding. Uh, Olberg, of course, is a is a handsome devil, but can actually fight too. Looks like he's really getting the hang of it, taking seriously. Took some tough stumbles and got right back on the horse. What a badass! You'd love to see it. Um, gonna take Olberg here. I know it's nothing sexy. It's what the odds are pointing to, which kind of leaves me angleless. Unless you get like the Tafa situation, you want like some like plus one twenty five for round one. Um, I will take uh, I will take uh, I will take Team Tar Tall, Dark, and Handsome uh, to continue to roll through here, baby. That's right, that's right. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, probably round one with that uh, that left hook. Um, you know, he sneaks him in there, and even I don't know if it was like a I think it was more of like a counter one two that Jacoby hit Jung with, but. Um, I don't know, just something about those rhythms, uh, and then keep catching Jung early. If he doesn't catch Jung early, though, by the way, folks, um, I don't blame anybody like taking a flyer on Jung late rounds or Jung by sub. I bet you can get like a nice number on that. Like, heck, I'm probably not even gonna play the fight. So maybe even though I'm picking Oldberg round one, like if I had loose money to, to fuck around with, like I would probably look at like Jung round three, Jung by sub or something just for shits and giggles. Um, but yeah, the, the the official pick is Oldberg round one KO. All right, we got Ted Danson's bastard son, Jamie Malaki there. <laughs> Jamie Malaki versus, uh, speaking of alligator skin, he keeps hanging around John McDessie. Hanging, hanging around. Plus 210 for John McDessie. Um, all right, we got John the Bull versus uh, Jamie the Forehead. You know, we got, sorry. 
Uh, sorry, shout out to Ted Danson. Now, um, I, I got love for uh, Jay Malarkey. Got, but between him getting a you know surprise KO there by Nymoff was it last time uh, to McDessie again as, as as old as he is, as much as you might want to fade him, folks. He's got a he's got McDessie's alligator skin. Keeps hanging around, hanging, hanging around. Uh, yeah, uh, I think this one's got Malarkey by decision all over it. What is Malarkey by decision? Maybe that'll make the round robin if it's a decent enough number. Um, probably not great, I'm guessing. Nope, it's only plus 110, like plus money, yeah. Unless maybe I take it like for a straight play. If, I, if, I'm, if I've got nothing else to go, maybe I'll shoot that. Because uh, that's heavy chalk, and unless you've got a parlay going you like, uh, maybe you throw Malarkey in there. But yeah, I, other than that, Malarkey decision, or maybe using him as a parlay leg, uh, I wouldn't know otherwise than that. Um, Chepe, I don't know if I'm going out of order here, but fuck it. Uh, we got Jack Jenkins, uh, minus 215 versus Chepe Mariscal, plus 164. What did this open at? I want to look more into this one. You guys know I like me some Chepe. He came through as a dog last time. I didn't play him, unfortunately. I did pick him, though. Uh, it was kind of a weird, I believe, shorter matchup. It was in that Trevor Peak gentleman. Uh, but Jack Jenkins and those leg kicks. Jack Jenkins is a dog. I really like Jack Jenkins, actually, a lot, too. Um, I don't know about taking Jack Jenkins' chalk. I feel like, and I wouldn't... I feel like it's Malarkey minus the parlay. I wouldn't take even Jack Jenkins as a parlay, but I would look at Jack Jenkins maybe by decision. Um, you know, he's going to have the crowd behind him. Uh, he's one of those guys that really makes the leg kick scoring undeniable when he does go there. And Chepe Mariscal can make things ugly, which is good for him, but, you know, he is not uh, adverse to taking shots uh, as well as we've seen, whether, especially if you watch, like, his regional fights. He, he definitely, uh, you know... Win or lose, we'll pay the price of a dogfight. Not afraid to, which is also why I love him. Uh, gotta look at this one a little more. Probably leaning toward Jenkins, but I really, part of me really wants to pick and play and take a flyer on Chepe, you know. Um, but uh, probably leaning toward Jenkins for a pick. So maybe I should just stay away based on that alone. This week on Hack, Nazareth Hack Paras plus or minus five twenty. Ish, uh, Landon Quinones plus 370. I don't know much about Landon Quinones. I got to go back and look uh, over him. Um, and that is just a really high number. Regardless, I don't even know what's going to really do for you for parlays. I mean, you might as well have Izzy in your parlay at that point, plus like a few other names to even get a plus number. Um, like three, you know, you'd be looking like a four leg parlay at that point. You're trying to throw those two in there. Um, whereas, as, 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 yeah, there's not a lot of. Uh, it's not a lot of chalk I like, so I actually wouldn't even be looking through our parlays uh, this week. So don't be surprised to not see me uh, do a parlay. Are we still up and running, folks? Yeah, we are. Okay, just over an hour. Not too bad. Um, that's all it's being... No, it's not all it's being listed on Best Fight Odds. There's more than that, Dan. Uh, of course there is. Yeah, um, let's uh, move up uh, to the uh, Best Fight Odds uh, other part of it. Ha <laughs> Thought we were getting done early. Um, Blood Diamond. Mike Diamond. Mike Diamond has Blood Diamond, and Mike Diamond they have as Mike Mathitha. Let's go Mike Mathitha versus Charlie Rad. They have it like written three different times up here. That's freaking hilarious. Um, let me go off the Schmidt GM lines. Uh, minus three fifty versus Radke, who apparently was as a cool nickname, and versus Blood Diamond, who's still winless plus two seventy. Haven't looked into this fight. No clue. Um, I'll probably be siding with the guy with the cool nickname as well. What's his name? Buffalo Horse or something? Chuck Buffalo. Chuck Buff, Chuck Buffalo sounds like a Chuck Buffalo sounds like a 
some guy who holds wrestling shows at a swap meet, you know? Come on down to Chuck Buffalo's annual... <laughs> That's a good character voice. <laughs> Here at Chuck Buffalo's, we find out who's best... <laughs> and we'll sell you a car. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Alright, Jesus, sorry for your ears. Next matchup... Wow, Dan, what a breakdown, Dan. Um... Ah, Shane Young. I like Shane Young, man. Uh, Shane Young versus Gabriel Miranda. Um, Shane Young minus 170. Gabriel Miranda plus 138. What was the odds on this one? Okay, a little bit of money coming in on Shane Young. Uh, cool to see Shane Young as a favorite because I like him, uh, but uh, he's obviously kind of underwhelmed, underperformed. Um, I thought he's always kind of had a cool underrated style. Uh, he will be facing a guy who will probably want to grapple on paper. And uh, is not as durable as him, so there's that. I think we, though we haven't seen Shane Young against a matchup like that for a minute, uh, probably not since he fought maybe Volkanovski even. If you rewind the tape on that breakdown, which is way back in the day, but it was one of those uh, Armin Sarukian things where Makachev, where I'm like, I'm obviously picking Makachev here, but everybody thinking that, oh, because it's Volk or because it's Makachev, it's going to be an instant finish because, you know, who is this guy? Because he doesn't have a name. And obviously, he didn't age as well as Sarukian, but both those matchup and the analysis was spot on as far as me saying, look for the decision angle on the favorites, folks. These guys are much tougher. Uh, you know, you can be high on someone and not pick them to win or to be like a world beater. It's it's okay to like someone's style just because I like them. Doesn't mean I'm saying Shane Young's the fucking greatest or even Armin Sarukian's the fucking greatest things in sliced bread. But it did hold up in those situations. And it did, you know. Again, he didn't come close to beating Volkanovski at all, but he was able to hold through and survive um, the the grappling heavy, and that's what Volk was more known for at that time. Anyways, was grappling heavy attacks, and I will say proudly state that too because um, back in those days it was only Shane Young and Dan Hooker who was like city kickboxing reps in the UFC or within that area uh, before like. They became like the uh, you know the obvious cool kids for good reason by the way you know getting the coaching gyms of the year for good reason by the way not hating but I'm just saying before that blew up um, I will say you can rewind the tape on me folks both audio and visual I was saying uh, that's a respectable team there they're very underrated and granted I was saying it about guys like the Shane Youngs and Brad Riddells who didn't you know uh, do as good as not just me but even many others who I respected also may have thought you know. Uh, that doesn't mean there's not legitimate things to those camps. It doesn't mean there's not legitimate uh, qualities to those fighters. So give me Shane Young here. I didn't look into this one too deeply, admitted. I'm obviously giving you this analysis off of my prior analysis and memories of that. So I didn't run it through the full comb. I'm not putting a play out here for this one, but I do want to. I am curious what is Shane Young by decision? Because I think that's the most likely thing. Which means it probably won't be a great number. Young wins by split majority plus 900. Ooh, I like that if you have that. Uh, Young by decision plus 200. Not bad. Maybe I looked at the, Maybe you might see that on a round robin or something. I might throw that in there. Young by decision. Um, lastly, but not leastly, Kiefer Crosby. The I know he's not the action man, but uh, you know he brings action from what I can remember of him. Plus 128. I'm not, not used to seeing him on the UFC slate against Kevin Gisset. I don't know who that is, but he is minus 155. I have no clue, folks. I will have to look closer into that one. Um, 
you know, maybe uh, take a flyer on Ireland there uh, for shits and giggles. Who knows? I, I don't know. I got to look into that one. Uh, check me on Fight Day. Quick picks and pro or not for quick picks. That won't be on there. But for my uh, on Twitter, not gonna give it to you. Uh, uh, X ain't gonna give it to you, but Twitter will give it to you. <laughs> at, at Tom MMA. You know what I'm saying there. All right, let's clean up the chat before we get the fuck out of here. Um, Mark Fellows, to recap, DT is taking all the local fighters. I love it. All right. I got Mark Fellows' approval. That's right. Maybe maybe, maybe I'll be welcome to uh, uh, stay with you, Mark, if I come into Australia. What, what part of Australia are you in, by the way, if I if I want to weigh this? Uh, as I'm, I'm already inviting myself uh, to come see you. Uh, at, at the very least, come buy you some beers or some, some barbecue. Um, but end of December is when I'm looking to go. Chuck Buffalo sounds like a poor man's hamburger mince. <laughs> so Chuck Buffalo. Hey, Buffalo Chuck Roast is probably good. Buffalo is good for you folks, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's a, Chuck Buffalo does sound like a poor man's brand, though, if it wasn't literal Buffalo. like Chuck Buffalo's... Chuck Buffalo's Chuck Roast, now made with actual Buffalo. What were you making it before? What were you making it with before, Chuck? Chuck, I had a double Buffalo. Chuck, I had a double burger. Uh, the Shane Young versus Volkanovski fight was weird. Brad Riddell was in Volk's corner. Yep, that's right. And Dan Hooker was in Shane Young's corner. And Behrman and Lopez uh, were on opposite sides. Yep, 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 absolutely. Yeah, they were They were opposites on that one. It was after that fight they started coming together. It was kind of an important fight in their lore there and their unification there, which was cool to see, coincidentally, uh, not so coincidentally. You know, Volk starts uh, adapting new striking styles and uh, evolving, uh, further evolving as well. So, hey. Mark Fellows, I reside in Sydney, sir. All right, noted. Noted, my man. Noted. I will holler at you if I end up making it to your side of the world because you are definitely someone uh, I would love to visit and uh, owe some beers and more, sir. Um, all right, thank you guys for participating in the chat. Didn't expect to really get you guys. Make sure to give it the thumbs up. Appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, uh, thumbs up also, you know, outweighs uh, any of the, the, the uh, uh, haters still lurking around. But you know what? The moderators do a great job. And uh, as far as the comments goes, are clean. And if anybody does give the thumbs down, I don't see it. And you're actually helping the algorithm. So thank you. Uh, so either way, you're giving it a thumbs. You're actually helping me. But yeah, the thumbs up are the what's visible to me uh, and to many. No one sees the thumbs down. Uh, so it doesn't matter. And those people are helping me and just showing what kind of sad uh, little uh, haters they are. Uh, but hey, man, that's just how some people react to life. Others... Even if we can't get up uh, consistently, that's life. We do get up. We do fight on. That's why I am here. That's why I'm here for you guys. That's why I appreciate those of you who are here for me. We reciprocate that energy. You know what? Let's get some fucking wins, baby. We're fucking due. Let's fucking go. Not that being due matters. Um, I honestly, I don't know, man. Uh, despite having a, a, another rough week and this year's been rough and I could go on and on and on I'm it's just added to my story man and, and it's gonna make the success that much sweeter uh, because on these winning weeks that I have had uh, guess who's not around man none of those haters so again we keep doing our thing and uh, supporting one, one another getting out there living life I know I am uh, down uh, over 10 pounds going back down getting back into getting back into shape, not deviating off diet or, or stretches and exercises as best I can, even while sick. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm holding it together and killing it here for uh, for those wondering, man. Just trying to keep my head down and work and uh, better myself rather than, you know, 
uh, hate on others or hate on life. You got to try to uh, 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 love it, uh, even if there's uh, crappy things in it, man. You just too much good stuff to love out there. So let's get after it. Much more than this fight stuff, but for what it's worth for the fight stuff, I wish you all the best. All right, thanks, guys. Good luck on your picks and plays, and always protect your necks.